ready for my energy today, Crispin. You just aren't at all. <laughs> okay, wait. Be loud again. <laughs> okay, so you are just not ready for my energy okay, today. That Perfect. is very apparent. No, now I'm ready. What are you gonna do? I, I okay, you're gonna... ready. You're here. You're okay, here. yeah. Right. I mean, I was I was worried I was just gonna talk at you for a long time. So we are I just watched the Jesus music movie documentary. Okay, we have to intro what is the series? <laughs> what episode are we on? Okay. You've forgotten how to podcast. So welcome back <laughs> to the pro- <laughs> that's gonna be in the uh going to be in the intro okay so this is our third episode of i went to the movies without you where Mm -hmm. we are going to the movies without each other and then we're coming back and talking about it yeah or sometimes watching a movie on netflix while the other person's sleeping or something like that Mm -hmm. the point is we're parents we're busy we're tired we're stuck in never-ending pandemic so we're just taking turns watching a bunch of christian movies and telling the other person about it Yes. Yeah. I drove 45 minutes today to the only theater in the Portland area so that I'm was so showing confused. this. I'm confused. The movie you saw, like, was it supposed to be in theaters or was it just like, we're going to have a one weekend theatrical? No, you know? it's, it's, it's supposed to be in theaters. They're just, I don't understand why Show Me the Father was in several movie theaters, okay. but this wasn't. This feels like it has broader appeal. Okay, well, you need to tell the people what you're talking about. Okay, I saw the Jesus music movie. The Jesus Music Documentary. It's just, what's it called? What's the official title? Um, Jesus Music. Okay. I think. And, but it doesn't say a documentary. No, but it is a documentary. Oh, that's fa- That's sad, because now they have that title. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Right. So I'm assuming it wasn't good. I'm just going to put my cards out. Uh, what tells you that, Danielle? Because when I saw, like, the the poster for it, Okay, let's see if I can remember. I saw it okay. a long time ago. Uh-huh. I want to say Toby Mac stood out to me the most. Okay, mm-hmm. and then I think it had to have been Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith. Mm-hmm. And maybe like, who's the Christian Smash Mouth? Newsboys. Somebody from the Newsboys. <laughs> it's really funny because uh, people Is that were... it? Who's uh, on the poster? I, there's, a, there's, I don't know. I just remember seeing the names. It is called the Jesus Music. Oh, the Jesus Music. Yeah, that's what it is called. That's well, Jesus Music would have been such a better title. Don't You're you right. Think? No, no. Okay, it's Toby Mac. <gasps> it's Toby Mac, Kirk Franklin, oh. Amy Grant, and Michael W. Smith. Well, that makes me feel kind of racist. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. Oh, because I you thought it was one. Michael Tate? No, I okay. didn't say that, but I forgot the one black person oh, on the... Mm-hmm. That's sad. Well, I think that there's reason for that. I mean, that's addressed in the movie about... And we'll talk oh, about that. Oh, I with Kirk Franklin. Right, so yeah, yeah. Right, Oh, yeah. that's true. That's true. Ooh, don't go fruiting me. So, no, I, I'm, I'm saying there's a reason. You're always psychoanalyzing. Oh, no, I'm saying there's a reason that you don't think of Kirk Franklin when you think of CCM. And we are going to talk about that today. Ooh. But... Okay, you have to drive 45 minutes away to, like, a rich... Uh huh. Right. Yep. Just to watch mm-hmm. us in the theaters. Yeah. Who there, else was in the theater with you? I don't know. There are four other people. Okay. A group of three and a group of one. I didn't see what they looked like. The theater was so big that I couldn't really turn around and see them. 
Which is good because, again, the people going to this movie (laughs) are the non-vaccinated COVID carriers. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. So, yeah, it was me and a few other people in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. Um, is This is where I'm going to give you the 30-second rundown. Yes, here we right? go. Mm-hmm. So, basically, uh, church music was just boring church music. And then the hippie Jesus movement, mm-hmm. right, from Calvary Chapel mm-hmm. happened. And then, like, things sort of took off in this underground way. And uh, then there was 80s hair metal and Striper. But then Amy Grant really brought in uh, people that only listen to church music. And then it took off in the 80s with Michael Lowy Smith and Amy Grant. And then in the 90s, it really branched out. And DC Talk got the stamp of approval from Billy Graham. And then in 2000, the celebrity got too much. And they had to go back to the heart of worship. In the year 2000. Okay. Yes. In the year 2000, they had to go back to the heart of worship. Oh. God told Michael Lowy Smith... That he needed to start making worship music and his worship album was released on 9-11. And then ever since then, it is back to where Jesus music started, which was, you know, Calvary Chapel, like having this like folky uh, worship music, right? Which is where, where we are now. Oh my gosh. I've never seen you so animated <laughs> when doing something. Sometimes Danielle's like... Would you think about like drinking some coffee before no, we record? I'm always trying to get him to get a Red Bull. Right. Okay. My dream scenario is to get Chris to chug two Red Bulls, then record a podcast with him. Now, if everybody listening thinks that's a good idea, please let us know. Um. Anyways, uh, yeah, you were very loud and animated just now. It's like I you tried were, to get it it all like, in it was there. Like you're yelling at me. I'm sorry. And I already know this. Except, wow, that framing is fascinating. Uh huh. I mean, the narrative arc they pulled together, but gosh, do you know what this means? What does this mean? You know, so many people our age just like look back in that period of time for music and like it was really amazing. Mm -hmm. And they're basically saying, yeah, that was the pinnacle of everything. And they Mm -hmm. went back to the heart of worship and now they're basically just Jesus hippies. Uh They're as countercultural as a (laughs) Yes, right. (laughs) I mean, we are going to we're going to talk about that counterculture part. Basically, like, yeah, they talk about Larry Norman. I didn't know that he was so controversial. You know what? I think I love Larry Norman. Like, yeah, I really why? do. I mean, he seems so weird. He was definitely weird. He, but not creepy weird. Uh huh. My mom sang backup for him one summer. You know, that's this? what I was wondering. I was yeah. like, was that? She did. Uh huh. She was a total Jesus hippie. She got converted by a hitchhiker when she was like. 16 year old runaway in Kansas City doing heroin and a Jesus hippie converted picked her up you know in a hitchhiking and converted her anyways I mean that basically is how Jesus music started right is like all these hippies that are like we're following Jesus now and we can't do the hymnal thing yeah and Calvary Chapel is interesting I'm trying to remember like where did we just listen to a podcast about like Lonnie Frisbee and all yeah, these yeah. people. The, the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill starts off. Second episode talks about it. But then what was the other thing I was listening to that was like, well, what the CT podcast missed and all this is like Lonnie Frisbee was gay. Oh. And ended up like leaving the church. I didn't know that, but he was in he was in a lot of this documentary. Lonnie? I mean, like Lonnie Frisbee was had a good like three, four, five minutes out of the hour and a half. Oh, that's interesting. Did they talk about him being gay? No, of course not. They just talked about him. But that's like erasure. Yes. 
Yes, it is. That's what I wanted to know. I was mm-hmm. like, do they talk about... Yeah, he died from AIDS in 1993. And and just when people talk about him being the founder of like Jesus music, and uh then they neglect to mention that Christians like ran him out of the church and he died of of AIDS, like a gay man who was not Mm -hmm. able to remain in Calvary Chapel. He created Jesus music and Jesus music kicked him out. There is like something so sad about it. Uh Uh-huh. That I can't let it, I can't let this conversation pass by without me mentioning that. I'm so glad I'm that you did. I mean, that is not, unsurprisingly not the only erasure that is oh. happened in this documentary. And so, yeah, so it basically talks about that, talks about Larry Norman, who, yeah, was definitely like a, he was like the first rock star, right? And he would do things like he, like they interviewed the editor of CCM or like the main director or whatever. He said that Larry Norman in the like seventies drove to his house in the middle of the night and was like, I don't like the picture you're going to put for me on the cover. Like here's another headshot. Just like, you know, kind of like a very eccentric uh, person. Um, And Larry Norman was always like, I'm too secular for the Christians and too Christian for the secular, for the world. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just interesting that that is like, you know, again, that piece. Um, But it was like... Wait, (laughs) can I interrupt? Yes. Michael W. Smith is saying he's too Christian for the Christians currently. (laughs) Wait, like, are they trying I... to make ties back to this, you know? Oh, yeah. No, I think it just or was not like... Christian enough for the Christians, I mean. Right, yeah. This Well, this was Larry Norman felt that way. Right, but I'm saying, it's like, is Michael oh. Smith, all those people on this documentary trying to be like, we're just the same. We're like <laughs> too edgy for the Christians <laughs> I, on Caleb. I don't think so, okay, actually. Okay. No, I think they were saying like it really was like a unique thing, right? In a lot of ways, it really parallels what we just talked about. Um, in terms of like what Tooth and Nail was doing. Okay, I got I got to interrupt again. Okay. So so do you think they're trying to say that Eric Christian music is in now? Because you said at the beginning it's similar to the early mm-hmm. days of the Jesus movement. That's why I'm trying to say like like what are they saying is the same? Well, so like the Maranatha record, right? Basically, was like they they just like decided like we're just going to produce this, and it just like blew up all over the world. Right, and they're like, "This is just the song Wait, what that we." What Maranatha f- album? The like one of the first ones, I guess. I was assuming that you knew more about Maranatha <laughs> than I. <laughs> so Maranatha was. Am I saying it right? Yes. Yes. Okay. What you were so insecure about your knowledge surrounding <laughs> no. Maranatha, but I was like, Maranatha was like that a worship group? Like what yeah. was that? Maranatha was. I think it became like Calvary Chapel's sort of like worship group. Oh, that makes right? sense. Because they had all, but like there was initially like Calvary Chapel was like, we're going to be the first people to record like our worship music that's not just hymns. Mm-hmm. And they, they basically mass produced it and like it just spread throughout the U.S., which really, uh, really mimics or is really similar to like Hillsong, where they're like, we're just going to like write songs for our church. And then it gets ended up like all over the world. Yeah. So um, so what's interesting, though, is that it still was like they would go and tour and churches like if they came to a town, a church would be like you like would war- warn their parishioners, don't go to this, you know satanic worship service mm, okay. you know sort of thing but then in 72 there's this thing called explo which was like 
Campus Crusades big event called Explo Explo in Dallas. An interesting name. And Johnny Cash shows up. <gasps> uh, I'm back in to along, the story. So it's like not shows up. Sorry. Billy Graham shows up, but they get Johnny Cash also on it. I was going to say, I don't care about Billy Graham. Get back to the Johnny <laughs> okay, Cash. Yes. So they had like Larry Norman and Johnny Cash mm-hmm. um, and then Billy Graham headlining. Oh, my gosh. And if, so. If, if Pete Seeger had been there, that would have been all of my interests <laughs> right. at that time in history, like combined. Anyways. Right. Yeah. And so it really was like this, like Billy Graham gave the stamp of approval and that was what changed it from like what are these hippies doing in the church to like having some like a little bit of leeway okay so then this is in the 80s johnny cash was a part of like the evangelical blessing yeah interesting campus crusade event johnny cash there's like audio of him being like this is i can't think of anything i've done that's more meaningful than being here with you today which you know sounds like a bs sort of thing that musicians say wow um okay so this was that in this documentary yeah uh uh-huh okay that was that was the clip so that was like 70s right then 80s is things get there's more like alternative music right and so they talk about striper and i thought this was very interesting i love that striper's in this okay i'm back in again yeah in again so leonard sweet who's the Mm -hmm. vocalist of swipe of striper swiper Swiper. Swiper, (laughs) striper no no striping Um, and so, uh, he says, basically there, he's like, you know, we're teenagers, we're in this band, we're sitting around the TV at home, his brother's in the band with his family and they see Jimmy Swagger on TV and they're like, we just became Christians. So they started as a hair metal band Mm -hmm. that became Christian. So then they started singing about Jesus. Yeah. So we're assuming everybody listening just knows who Striper is. Right. Yeah. So they're the Christian hair metal band. The Yes, Premier. the right. So just imagine, um, you know, lots of latex. No, let's sing the song. <laughs> to hell with the devil, devil. Yeah, I. You guys know that Christian went through a long period of loving falsetto, a yeah. male falsetto. Uh-huh. You were so yeah. Into it. I mean, I like striper during that time. Yeah. Um. Okay, so here's what's interesting is that. Jimmy Swagger led him to Jesus, right? Notorious televangelist preacher. Yes. They get big, and he goes on on the news. Okay. Or, sorry, goes on his TV and, like, has their album. And is like, this is, like, a denigration, and this is satanic. And so Leonard Sweet is like, it broke my heart that the guy who, like, led me to Jesus, who I thought of as my pastor, Aww. who I watched on TV all the time. Like, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I just had, like, Jimmy Swagger on the TV. He's like, now he's like saying I'm, you know, demonic. And he was like, it was just heartbreaking. And Aww. then it like panned all these like sad faces of like Toby Mac looking sad. And like, and it really told this narrative of like all these Christian artists are attacked by the church mm. for being progressive mm. or you know what I mean? Uh, which is totally a true thing. It but sounds it's, like this guy is still sad about it. Yeah. Is that true? Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's like how they treated Tammy Faye. Right. Yeah, I know. So it was like very much like it was like Christian rock versus the church, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Which yeah. is an interesting documentary. That sounds right. like an interesting documentary. Yeah, that was a piece of it. Now, this next part is also interesting because then you get into like 
So how did it go from like Striper and Larry Norman, mm-hmm. who were sort of outsiders, mm-hmm. right? They're hippies. They were rockers. To like how how then did CCM become a thing? And they're like that. One of the interviewees said. Uh, it was Amy Grant because Amy Grant was like how the church likes their women, which is demure. Uh oh. Which is who said that? I for, I can't remember his name. They showed his name once, and then they didn't show him again. It wasn't like a. Did Amy Grant like co-produce this documentary? And she was like, "Yeah, keep that in, put that in there." I th- I'm not sure, but that I mean, I think it's a really good point. They talked about her first album when she was 15, mm-hmm. right? And they were like, "This is her singing about Jesus." Um. And it really, and kind of who she was, you know, they said, like, she didn't sing very well, but really who she was as this, like, girl was so non-threatening. Okay. Right? So I just thought that was really interesting. And they were like, and then she was good friends with Michael W. Smith. And she she was his platform. And I got to say, like, that Michael W. Smith... Like you got, you just got to see these videos of him. Like go, like he has a scra- scrappy beard. He just looks like a Bible college nerd. Mm-hmm. It's really funny. Um, okay, I, I gotta interrupt you. Kay. Amy Grant is an executive producer of this documentary. Oh, okay, so that's why I'm just saying, like, all of this is strategic. Mm-hmm. Like she's wanting us to know mm-hmm. this is what they said about her. I just yeah. need to make sure. Kay. Yeah, okay, yeah, good, good, right. Um, and I mean, I'm I, part of what I wanted to do talking about this is like. Not talk about the plot, but how I felt seeing each person. Well, can you finish the plot really quick? Yeah, totally. So, so she is popular. Not that right. she sells it out. Right, yeah. But, but she gets popular. Right, she gets popular. Right, and then and then what happens is she comes out with Baby Baby. And, and then she's popular in the mainstream. Right, she's popular in the mainstream. And then so many churches are like, you know, what are you doing? You I remember. Right, yeah. Right. I, I mean, remember. I don't remember, but I... We and this heard, was even before her divorce, she right? Covered they paid paradise and, pay, and put it in the parking right, lot, uh-huh. and my mom was just like, "I think she is the liberal agenda now." Like, uh-huh. I think remember like when we weren't allowed to watch Fern Gully uh-huh. and Captain Planet. Yeah, like, that's how Amy Grant got on the SHAT list in oh, my family. Uh-huh. She's an environmentalist oh, who sold out, interesting. and her song got used in commercials. Uh-huh. These are all things I remember verbatim. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but it was like, cause also like my mom talked all that. It's funny. Cause that was your experience. Right. My experience was like, my mom always talked about how Michael Levy Smith was a looker and how he got on the, um, cover of people magazine. And that was like, just like emblazoned. She in thought her. he was cute. <laughs> but also I just love that. Like, it's that Christian thing when you're like, Oh, like oh, people, magazine. right. You know, <laughs> sexiest people alive. Right. Don't they do that? Yeah, every year? They yeah do. exactly. So, so yeah, they were just like the, you know, CCM King and queen. Um, and then they go into talking about DC talk who started out. So, you My, know, he's the one it. Right. So, again, Michael W. Smith okay. is on a crusade. Uh, I hate oh. using that word, but I'm going to use it anyway because it, you know, <laughs> is what Billy Graham would call it with Billy Graham. And Billy Graham is like, we need to bring DC Talk yes. with us because these mm-hmm. youth mm-hmm. are going to listen to us. And basically, like, DC Talk, by the way, was, like, broken from the start. They, f- they fought from the start. They didn't really get along, but they just, like, got thrown into the spotlight and were really successful. And they're all from Liberty U. Liberty oh, University. they didn't mention that. They yeah, s- they were, like, f- like Jerry Fowell, sort of, like, 
uh, protégés. Like he felt so proud that he oh, had these like uh-huh. three young men. And- they said that they met in high school. So, so uh, did they meet at Liberty? No, but they probably went to Liberty. Michael Tate said that uh, Toby Mac was the first vanilla friend he had. Interesting. Um, yeah, and so, uh, yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. And they interviewed Toby Mac, and Toby Mac just looked like a dead man. What? It was so weird. What do you mean? Like, so sometimes I have clients that are, like, experiencing, like, schizophrenia and they just seem so disconnected from the world and that was the feeling that i had when Uh the camera made contact with toby mac's eyes and i gotta say coming into this i've always heard like toby mac is a good guy he's the good one he's like solid you know he looked old like he looked old which is like you know fine whatever but he looked older than the other two significantly older and also just like like I said, like kind of disconnected. So I thought well, that was really interesting. I, I mean, you, you know what happened? Well, yeah, his son died of right. an overdose. Like Are you talking about that? Ago. Yes. Yeah, right. So, like, right. that's, that's yeah. really sad, depending right. on when this was filmed. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I didn't, I, they didn't make it, they talked about that. Cause, that was, oh, they did? They did at the end. Well, it's, so, his son over, died of a drug overdose like a year and a half ago. Okay, yeah, so it must have been right. I thought that I thought it was like five years ago, no. and I, I'm not like even making any like judgment. It just was really weird. Like the other thing that was weird about it is he was like, he was like, I I thought that I was just gonna peter out. Like these two, you know, Michael Tate and Kevin Max had amazing voices. He was like, I was just gonna like peter out. Like I had a meager offering. It wasn't that good. He was like, and I knew that, so I worked really hard. So. He's like, but, you know, basically he's had a better career than the two of them. And so he's talking like he has this dead look in his eyes Mm -hmm. and he's like, I just love the music and I'll keep doing it the rest of my life. But you're like, I can just see you're not doing well. So it was just really anyway, that was just interesting. Um, And I I don't know. I don't want to miss it later. Michael Louis Smith. I'm like, he is a Trump supporter. He. Has betrayed mm-hmm. me, but mm-hmm. the whole time in the movie, I was just like, you seem so kind, and I just really like you, and I don't want to like you. So it's just interesting to like... He played a concert with Sean Foyt. I know, at, right. At Washington, D.C., with all the Republican like leaders right. around I, him. I, I mean, I know, masked. I know, I know who he Nobody is. That's was what masked. was interesting is like, I'm like reading the people in this documentary, and so like I bring that up because I'm like, I don't... Like, I don't trust my intuition watching this. Really? Yeah. I should have gone to see this movie. <laughs> I told you you should No, you wanted to so bad. Anyway, I just thought it was really interesting that I'm like, you know, Toby Mac, who I expected to, like, really like. I didn't. Michael Louis Smith, who I was like, you know, you're my my betrayal and nemesis. You know, anyway, so. Judas. Right. So then it switches over to Kirk Franklin. Um, and what is really interesting, everybody's like, oh yeah, Kirk's so crazy. He's so great. And they show all these shots of him, like just doing kind of like insane things, not really insane, but like, like he's on this Christian, uh, you know, TV show and the host is like, oh, we have Kirk Franklin and his wife. I think her name's Tammy, Tammy here. And he just like stands up and like starts clapping and like 
and then like kind of puts his arms out to her like everybody's clapping her and we're going to give her a standing ovation he's like she's just the most beautiful woman um and people are like he just does the crazy things that you don't expect and then he comes on and he's like for me it was never about music it was just like i just wanted to be liked like my whole life he was like i like my and this is really sad he was like i was adopted when i was two or three my bio mom didn't want me my dad wasn't around he was like, but my bio mom would come back and I would hear these conversations where she would be like, I'd never wanted him in the first place. And so it was really sad. That's so sad. And so, and it's just like, yeah, I can kind of see like he play like, it's just interesting for him to be so transparent about that because you can kind of see he's kind of like the class clown sort of mm-hmm. like, I want attention. And he's like, yeah, I just like, I want people like me. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then they talked about Stomp, right? Remember that song, Stomp? No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it was only me no, that like was dance, part of a... There's a damn group group called, like a dance group called Stomp. That's right. what I was thinking of. The trash can people. Okay, like, yeah, right, you're yeah. you're talking about something else. Uh, no, there's a song called Stomp okay. by, you know, by Kirk Franklin. Okay. Makes me wanna stomp. That one. Yeah. This was not as important to me as is you. I was going to say, was I the only one that was part of a Christian dance company that did a number to this song? No, I was a part of a Christian dance company called Being Homeschooled with My Sisters. But no, we didn't do that song. Okay, so here's what was interesting about Stomp. And they start to talk about race a little bit here. Is that Stomp actually was like really popular on like MTV and stuff. Mm -mm -mm. I can see it. Right? And so... And that's the one where it's like, do you want a revolution? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That one, okay, right? I know that song. And so, <laughs> and so it's interesting. And there's this guy who's like, yeah, they were playing it in the club, and people were dancing. I know. I'm I'm walking. Who was this? I'm walking who said that line. Don't, one of yeah. his friends. Hang oh my on. Gosh. He's like, you know, people are dancing in the club in the ways that they shouldn't be dancing to that song. <gasps> So here's the thing is basically like like the editor of CCM and these different people are like basically what happened is like it got really popular in the secular world. Mm-hmm. And then like white CCM was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's our music. But they were like too late and like tried to claim it. Uh, but it was so disintegrated that like basically they're trying to play catch up. And there was this guy, Andre Crouch, who I haven't heard of, who was like back with Larry Norman, a black gospel singer. And they were like, they could have like partnered with him, mm. but they didn't. And so by the nineties, it's like totally That's separate. Said, I never heard of him. Either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, and I just thought that was especially interesting about Stomp. I didn't know they're like, basically it had to be a big deal to CCM because it was big on MTV and it's a gospel song. Like it's not mm. even just like a Christian song. It is like a sort of like a worship you know, like church song. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, it was interesting because that whole thing they were talking about how CCM isn't integrated and they showed all this footage from the 60s, but they were talking about the 90s. And then they show a clip of Kirk Franklin saying like, we need to speak up. When a cop is killed, we need to speak up. When a cop? When a black boy is killed, we need to speak up. So he's doing some of the like, mm-hmm. you know, um, but they talked about how racial reconciliation is really important. But that made me think like, so you're showing this black and white footage when he's saying 
a black kid is killed because you're not going to actually show footage from like the black lives matter movement, mm-hmm. which you could, which is what he's referring to mm-hmm. anyway, speaking of erasure. Um, and Michael Tate talked a little bit about racism. Um, okay. So then basically it just was a lot about like how, um, the church like just kept on attacking, Christian artists for their failings and how, you know, kind of like they were like victims. And so, yeah, the, there's this tension around like all the celebrity. And then Michael Lee Smith says like, and then like God spoke to me mm-hmm. and brought to mind Amos five, which is a, a, ver- a passage, you know, well, oh, right. Yeah. And he reads the version of the message and he's like, and God no. is. No. Yes. It just clicked, right? So Michael W. Smith, oh, he's sitting in his in no. his huge house in Tennessee in front me? of his oh, in no. his recording studio. And he's like, let me read the message to you. You know, away with your noisy songs. God wants an uh, you know, an ocean of justice. And then they like have this image of an ocean. And he was like, and that was when it changed. That was when it turned. I, I want to die. I know. How'd you feel? In the theater? I, I told you. Are I you said it was. Out? I said it was very emotional to watch this. Are you because... freaking out? Yes. Okay, for the listener, me and Chris Brand went and protested Michael W. Smith's buddy Sean Foyt last year, and we mm-hmm. held that sign up. Right. Exactly. And that has gone viral. Uh, a doctor. Martin Luther King's daughter just shared a picture of me holding that sign. Mm-hmm. I mean, she caught off my head, but that's good. She should. Right. But th- that's what that so right. Th- th- so for him to be like that was like in two two thousand. He's like, this is where God was leading me, and you're like, and now you're supporting Sean Foyt, and you're like, you've buddies just been with waiting Trump. to tell and her this. Yes, yes. That is horrifying. I know, right? Yeah. Whoa. Right. It is. Yeah. So. That's infuriating. I gotta get on Twitter and I have to cyberbully Michael W. Smith now. <laughs> yeah. Should we just pause here? Uh, you and David Dark can do it together. He yes! loves David Dark loves tweeting oh, at Michael W. Smith. Me, me and David Dark are gonna have a coalition. Uh-huh. Oh, this is gonna be great. Yeah. Um, and then the last part basically is I guess it was kind of in here, but well, they have a part with Lecrae. They did not mention anything like Lecrae. They didn't have any bits of Lecrae talking about race. Mm. All he said was, he was like, I've been trying to figure out what to do here. And the only person that's ever reached out to me is Kirk Franklin. And he's been sort of a mentor. So. uh, He did say stuff about race. uh Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Wow. So basic, but then the end of it was basically like, these are broken people. Talked about Toby Mac um, and his son dying. And, um, you know, these are broken people that we can't hold up to a standard. They're just people that are pointing us to Jesus. And that was sort of the end of it. I have a question, but okay. I don't know if. So I have a question. Okay. Who was this propaganda for? I mean, it had a very like. Well, I th- I think the biggest thing. I mean, I can see my parents loving it from what right, you yeah. described. And the last part of it was like, look, actually, here's the other thing I got to mention. 
So they're like, this Christian celebrity stuff is terrible. We need to get back to the heart of worship. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep using that phrase. Don't. Because then that song gets stuck in my head (laughs) and I just, I am burned out. Right. On that song. So, so basically there's this guy who is like, um, I don't know who he is, but he's friends with Chris Tomlin and you know, this theme of like worship is most important and Chris Tomlin and him are at this retreat and Chris Tomlin, uh, wrote a song. Um, and you know, it's one of those well-known songs and he's, he goes into his friend's room and is like, Hey, can I play this tomorrow for the retreat? And his friend tells him, like, yeah, but not only that, this song, I just know this song is going to be sung on every single continent of the whole world. Mm. And then they talk about, like, in Time Magazine, like, Chris Tomlin's have been sung more than any other song in the history of the world, like, at one time. Is that true? I don't know if it was, like, at one, but basically, like, you can't think of any other song that is being, that that was what Time Magazine said, I guess. What? So, it's just this really weird, and then, you know, so it's, like, Christian celebrity is terrible. Now, we're going to show you tons and tons of footage of hundreds of thousands of people, and we're going to name things, like, 200,000 people came to worship, you know, and you're, like... So, oh my gosh, and it just leads back to that question that we had with Sean Foyt, mm-hmm. which is like, to what end? Like, to what end is this? You know, it's, and so, like, for Michael W. Smith saying, like, we need justice, so we need to all get together and worship, right? Like, and oh my gosh, and so it really walking away, I was just like, you know, there's just there's so much white supremacy here. Right. This is how this is a whole story of like how white supremacy gets perpetuated is like you start with hippies. Right. That then are the way that they're dealing with all the injustice in the world is to come to church. And then you don't include the black artist. And then in the 90s, you have Kirk Franklin probably maybe doing the best that he can in that setting trying to speak a little bit at the Dove Awards about race. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you have like, and now like we need to talk about, uh, you know, worship and worship is going to solve our problems. And that all really up does nothing to challenge white supremacy. That's so that's such a bummer. So Cause I think the Jesus movement was really flawed, but it's, there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. And this is just like, this current let us worship music is what Sean Foy is doing. It's mm-hmm. about like being politically aggrieved and mm-hmm. singing loudly or p- worship to God to show the world that you aren't going to die of COVID. Right, even yeah. though a lot of them did like, not only is a let us worship music, like distasteful as in like, that's not really what justice is just mm-hmm. singing songs together, but it's been used as like an anti like, COVID precautions. Right. Thing. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That's a, that's exactly what the Let Us Worship movement currently is. Is I don't know. Like, how connected is this to the Sean Foyt stuff, do you think? I kind of feel like a conspiracy theorist almost, because I'm like, it's all connected. Uh, I don't... Okay, so what I think is that... We should see if Sean Foyt's tw- tweeted about it. Yeah, what what I think is basically they're just saying like this is where music is is like Christian music became worship music and that just fits in with Sean Foyt. Mm-hmm. 
And of course there is uh, connections and collaboration. I don't think it's an intentional conspiracy, but I think worship music that has been produced in the last 20 years by all these Christian artists mm-hmm. does nothing to threaten a Sean Foyt. Right. Right. And if, if somebody like my parents just watched the documentary, do you think they would just walk away being like, yeah, we just need to gather and worship more? Or is that not really the point? That is the point. Like We just point. need to worship more. It ends with Michael Levy Smith singing The Heart of Worship. No. Uh, acapella. Isn't that song by Matt Redman? Yeah. Uh-huh. So was Matt Redman in the film? Briefly. Okay. I mean, there are a lot of people that were in it real briefly. Okay. Um, and That man wrote the worst, most repetitive songs. Uh-huh. And then... Um, and then Michael Lewis Smith announces that he, 20 years later, he is redoing his worship album. I don't know why this or was, how. This whole thing was a long album announcement. Uh-huh. Is that what you're telling yes. me? Yes. That sounds like what you're telling uh-huh. me. That's yeah. the one with Alleluia. Uh, no, uh, that's the exit, whatever. Okay. But um, no, it's the one with. Uh, you are the air I breathe and heart of worship. And okay. it just was like Michael W. Smith. It was a worship concert. Okay. So it was like, it was, it was live. So if you think of Michael W. Smith singing live songs, that's what it was. Now I just can't get over this idea that like cr- cr- white Christian songs are like the most sung songs. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is that they're it's like different saying, from being listened to. But it's wow. just it's just interesting because they're like, this is not about business. This is about worship. But you're like, but this is big business. People are making some money, right, off of this. Mm-hmm. So wow, there was a lot there. But mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I walked away with was there is this constant narrative of like the church being really exclusive and legalistic mm-hmm. and these, uh, you know, people like Amy Grant and Michael Louis Smith, um, and, and Larry Norman, especially people like that pushing the envelope against the gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. So the question is, do you think these artists have pushed the envelope and challenged the system or have they upheld the system? Every single one of them has upheld the status quo. And you know what's funny is like, wait, Michael, didn't you just announce that you're redoing the same songs you did 20 <laughs> years ago? How uh-huh. is that like pushing the culture forward? Right, yeah. You know what I mean? That, yeah, is, that right. is the definition of stagnant, my uh-huh. bra. My bra. Right. Yeah. So it really like. Our cat's is snoring and distracting me. <laughs> can you hear him? Yes, I can. <laughs> I mean, but I think it's funny. I walked away with a very similar feeling you had from Tina Fey, from Tina Fey, from, <laughs> <laughs> from Tammy Fey. Oh, Tammy Fey. Which was like, oh, you actually like, there is this theme around like, we know that the church needs to listen to people and needs to be more open, needs to be more inclusive. And like. Wait, where are those words said? They didn't say inclusive, but they said like. The church, there's no grace, 
you know, from this legalistic church, like people just are like living their lives and we need new exp- it, they even said something about like okay i we think need everybody n- should go watch this it sounds like a fascinating insight into the evangelical psyche it's sort of like we need a new we knew we need new expressions of faith and this was what this movement did and i think mm, this is fascinating you know and even like thinking about rock and roll they're like yeah rock and roll was seen as demonic and it wasn't like people were confused it was like you need if it wasn't like that theology was wrong. It, it, it almost was more of a message of like those Christian leaders were doing damage, mm-hmm. right? By holding this theology that meant that certain people weren't welcome in the churches. And I was like, oh, that sounds familiar. And Lonnie Frisbee Erasure. Well, maybe maybe this will come out on some streaming platform and we can all watch it together. Uh-huh. Right? I know. I would love for you to watch it and but see I mean, your like, own. Let's do like a watch night right? with yeah. our patrons and stuff. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. I will say there was not enough Stephen Chris Chapman in oh. it. I mean, yeah, Stephen Chris Chapman. They, they showed Jackie Velasquez, who you know. I know how you feel about I, her, buddy. Yeah. I know. And so they showed her at the beginning. Just a glimpse? And then they like listed her in the show notes. They and that teased was, the, you. I'm right. sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, any any Stephen, any Stephen Curtis Chapman. Yeah, because uh, he came out in the '90s. So '91, uh, they sh- they for a big chunk of it, they mm-hmm. played "Saddle Up Your Horses." Okay, right. And basically, he was like, "It was just such a time to be alive." It was it, <gasps> was MXPX even <laughs> mentioned? No. Um, and I'm trying to think of anything. You know, "Mercy Me." Basically, when Amy Grant was oh, like, I forgot about my shit list. They're on it. Uh huh. When Amy Grant was like blacklisted, he was, they were like, this, this was an example of that. He was like, if people are not going to come to our show because Amy Grant is playing with us, we don't want those people at our show. Right. And I'm like, who the heck is this documentary for? Like, who do they think is left? Well, that's the thing is like, I think they really portrayed it as like, we're like the gracious, you know, once. Okay. There's also, do you know who Russ Taff is? No. He, I guess, was he like... He sounds a, country. Right. And he looks like Randy Travis. Well, then he is country. Yes. Music. Is he? Randy Travis is. Russ Taff, I'm not... He was... They said CCM, but I mean, okay. Stephen Curtis Chapman is sort of country, right? Is Stephen Curtis Chapman country? I don't know. I think he is. I'm so hungry I was thinking right about now. this. I'm so <laughs> So, okay, Russ Taff was... Let's wrap this ...was up, popular, huh? and then um, he... Uh, basically stepped down because of alcoholism. Mm. And Striper also talked about drinking a lot um, mm. during the period where they were getting all this criticism from Jimmy Swagger. Mm. But uh, Rest Half's story was like, basically it was like I was abused um, as a kid and, um, and my dad was an alcoholic. He was a uh, um, Pentecostal preacher, but he would say things to me like, you're not worth the bullet that it would take to kill you. Oh my gosh. He was like, so I would just hear, like, you're going to like, hell. Was, uh, something of a very sad short story. Yeah. He was like, I would just hear all the time about hell. Mm. He was like, but at night I would sneak into the chapel and I would talk to Jesus and tell him how scared I was. <gasps> Isn't that so heartbreaking? Oh. But I'm like, okay, so there's that. Like, yeah, let's talk about hell. Let's talk let's about how damaging it is. Like, you're talking about how damaging that is and you're pretending like... That's separate from the CCM world, right? Mm. The other thing that really stood out on the topic of hell is Toby Mac said, it was really hard for me, 
you know, after my son died. And mm. he was like, you get to this point and you have to believe that God is is good for me and good for my son. A F and men. Right. So I'm like, I feel like Whoa, people in here are I like shivers. Right. I'm like, you could have said oh some gosh. important, dug into some important things here. That was important. Right. That's true. Whoa. It was important. Yeah. Let's just say like Toby Max says he's a universalist. Oh, sh- <laughs> I feel sad for him. Don't ruin it. Yeah. This sounds complicated. Sounds- right. I mean, very similar to the the last one we talked about. Like, Everybody has so much trauma, mm-hmm. right? And it shows up in all these ways. Mm-hmm. And I would say, I will answer my own question. You know, I think Christian artists have a lot of power and they also don't. You know, you have power as long as you stay within that world. But if you try to exercise power outside of it, then you don't mm-hmm. have as much power. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, like, you... Like, mercy me saying, we're going to take this divorced, disgraced woman on tour with us, even if no one shows up, tells me you have the capacity to go against the Christian gatekeepers. Mm. Maybe, that's, maybe that's what makes it so sad and heartbreaking. And you mentioned betrayals because, yeah, there's the there's the capacity there to do something right. good. Yeah. And I mentioned betrayal just because, like, my whole life. Not my my whole young life. I just wanted to be like Michael W. Smith, and his music meant so much to me. So it feels like a betrayal when he plays a concert with Sean Foyt. You can quote me on that. I will. So, but yeah, it was. I mean, it was it. I it, it actually I would say it was not a well made documentary. Okay, but I would I would suggest you stream it for free. For free. Okay. Um, just to you know, kind of dig in. I mean. It, I told Danielle it was really emotional because it's like, yeah, this is where I come from. This is my background. This is my upbringing. You know, there's like sh- lots of shots of Carmen. You know, there's like, there's way more than R-I-P. they discussed. Right. It made me wonder, like, if Carmen, would they have interviewed Carmen? I don't think they would have. Yeah. He is what they call a wild card. Uh-huh. The Nicolas Cage of... <laughs> CCM. I think of him as the Mel Gibson of CCM because, <laughs> yeah, well, in my mind, as a child, I, would, I always remember seeing Mel Gibson's picture in the movie store and being like, Carmen's in a movie. <laughs> my mom had crushes on them both. But yeah, it was, it was, I, I, I was glad that I drove the 45 minutes. It brought up a lot of inner turmoil. I'm glad we got to talk about it. Um, we're gonna we're gonna keep talking about Christian movies. I don't know what's up next. I do, but I'm not gonna share it right now. But yeah. y'all, we still need some more recs mm-hmm. about some good Christian films. So you can, you know, email us at prophetic imagination station at gmail.com. Or find us on Twitter, which we are the prophetic imagine, I believe. Mm-hmm. Prophetic imagine without an E. Or just find us. You know, individually, I'm DL Mayfield on all the socials. And I am Crispin Mayfield at Instagram. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you were a part of the CCM industry and you've been traumatized by life, then you would probably be interested in Crispin's book, which is coming out in just a few months. Right? Yes. It's all about the trauma of evangelicalism. (laughs) I am just so good at marketing your book. It is really true. I mean, it's... Tell the folks what the title is. 
It is called Attached to God. Attached to God. And by Crispin Mayfield. I mean, that was the most infuriating thing about this is like there's all these songs about love and grace. And oh, you know that underneath it, it's yes. not there. And people so, are not experiencing that in their churches, which then creates such discord. Mm-hmm. Psychological dissonance. So right? sad. And so that's, yeah, speaking of my book, like that's attachment so theory was just like, oh, this helps explain why I feel these feelings. Listen to me. So. The whole psychology behind the song, I Could Sing of Your Love Forever. And I remember, how many times do you think we would sing that? I could oh sing gosh. of your love. I can just remember because taking another breath, right? <gasps> each one is a lash on a whip that we whip ourselves in the back to get God to overlook our sins and love us. So if we can literally sing that a thousand million times, then we'll it'll somehow make it true. Yet we know the minute we let our masks slip, mm-hmm. every Christian in our lives is done with us. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm just having a moment. I like that we... Brought this up after we did our like, here's our Twitter, and <laughs> we do need to stop because I can see your love forever is a lash, a whiplash. Okay, I mean, I, this, we yeah. were torturing ourselves with that music. Mm-hmm. Did anybody enjoy singing that five million times? Did anybody in the history of time ever enjoy singing that <laughs> no. song? I'm going to go ask no. that on Twitter yes. right now. I just remember being out of breath. Is that my, is that my <laughs> Example, like, am I the only one? Every single time I'd be like, here we go again. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember singing it in a small house church in China. So it wasn't. A small house church is terrible. I know. So it wasn't like, oh, echoey guitars. Yeah. Like, I can stop singing. No. It's like no. everybody, like, take a breath at the same time. And if you're holy, <laughs> can... if you're holy, you're like, yes. Right. Another round. And then you're like, you have to be like, you have to seem like you're really into singing it again mm-hmm. and again and again. <gasps> so glad. Oh my gosh. We are not singing the song anymore. Okay. All right. We're ending there. We will talk to you all next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Prophetic Imagination Station podcast. You can always send us an email at propheticimaginationstation at gmail.com. You can find us on all the socials, and you can also join our Patreon community for as little as $1.50 a month. There, you can hear extra episodes where we talk about things like Brio Magazine and WOW 1999. Thanks for listening.